So I asked you before the podcast started rolling, but I just love, I, I, I'm curious what you think Hawken is. Cause you're wearing a shirt that's called Hawken. And I need to know if you're. Isn't it uh -huh. a transformer or something? I don't even know where the shirt came from. Hawken, more like Cocken. What's, what's Hawken? What's your safe word? Hawken. I'm going to Hawken the shirt after this. <laughs> Do you want a shirt? Welcome back to What's Your Safe Pot. I'm Ant. I'm Mr. Christopher. And we're the sex education podcast that's got a few hawks in, or cocks in. What is a hawk in? Is it a transformer? So, I, this is one of my shirts that I got from a PAX about mm, 13 years ago that from I- From a what? <laughs> Penny Arcade Expo. It's a, it's a video okay. game convention from that I used to work. Okay. Um, and like a wolf for, pack? For, for years, I never knew where it went, and now I know. I've had I've worn this before, and you comment every single time. You're like, "Oh, that's my old shirt." I know. I said for years I didn't know where it went. Right. And so I have it. No, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like an Escher painting that exploded. For those who don't know, Hawken, I think they had a sequel. I don't remember though, but it was a really fun game. I I got like some free demos of it, and then actually bought it. It was one of like the Xbox One exclusives back in the day. But it's like a, it's like Gundam robot fighting game, which has nothing to do with Daddy. He has no idea what it is. I don't know why you have it. Well, I don't either, and then I don't even know why it? I, it's on me because that means it was at the top of my drawer. That must mean that the pig has not done my laundry in three weeks because wow. I have no clothes. You just, to wear. Saw. Daddy, how was your week? <laughs> oh my God, I don't. My week has blended into. It seems like a day that never ended. It just, it's, it's been a lot. Been a lot of travel. Well, it's, a, it's more than one day than ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just we've been traveling nonstop, back yeah. to back. I mean, and yeah. and coming up, we have another one coming up this weekend. We're going so to Austin Kink Weekend. If yeah. you're there, if you're listening to this, it's going out the same day. That Although Austin it's sold King out, weekend. so that's right. Yeah, so Which maybe we shouldn't advertise. It. Funny because we weren't <laughs> given any advertising until like no. yesterday. Yeah, and it was already sold out. So we're like, so do we advertise? So do we put do it we on our socials? Ironically, advertise about a class about advertising and social media that we're doing. Yeah, like that's the class we're doing. So our class is about buddies doing social media, yes, and so I contacted them. I'm like, "Do you have any art for us?" And they're like, "Well, it's sold out." And I'm like, "Oh, well, that doesn't answer our question." <laughs> so should we not promote it? Is that not good social media? <laughs> Rule one: If you have an event, make sure you have social media that's being promoted. But do, like, make sure everyone has. Well, and to their credit, they're doing a really good job with their social media. If you look it looks at good. if you look yeah. at Austin Kink Weekend Instagram, they're putting out a very highly polished infographic yeah. every single day, yeah. and that's very rare for an event to do. I'm not disagreeing. So I'm impressed. We're just not on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we should be insulted or if our class just it sold test. out so they're not going to tell anyone. Yeah, I mean, it was a test. It, it's a, they're proving a point about how social media is important. Because, is that what it is? Well, is because I, I promoted it today just uh, to be like, just to make yeah. sure people knew we were there. And I had a bunch of friends like, oh, my God, I'd love to go. And I'm like, oh, I know. And they're like, out. now they can't come because it's so. sold out. Just just a shout out to any events. Make sure you you give all your your people promos. But beyond that, it's been, yeah, it's been a, it's been a chaotic week. Yeah, um, it's my first week back to like full time streaming again, which has felt really nice. That's nice. Yeah, because it's it's a bit of normalcy. But we're gonna we're gonna head out again yeah. in about uh, in about you know two days and. 
Well, I I got back from Smoke Out, which was fun. I talked about on the show last week. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I literally got back from Smoke Out. We did the podcast. And then the next morning, I took off to go shoot for Serious Male Bondage. Yeah, you were gone all week. I was gone all week. And, and not only was I gone, I was in this situation that I haven't been in before. I was in... Not hard to believe. Well, they're shooting in this jail cell on top of a mountain. And with seven other guys... This feels like a setup for a joke. But it's a jail cell. So they're, they're sleeping in the cots in the jail cells. There's a communal toilet, no kitchen, for four days. I'm so, uh, how is the cell service? <laughs> Non-existent. That was, that was a joke. So. They did have internet, strangely. But well, and and each of the cells is like uh, has like a camera in it, so you can see it from the main room. Oh, that's fun. but there was no like communal sitting area. There's no place to eat. You're uh, in jail. You want a communal <laughs> sitting? No, I'm kidding. No, but for four days, you're yeah. with the the crew, the the cast and crew for four days. That's a lot to be on. And top what were of you each shooting? Other. You haven't you haven't really. Well, we were shooting for serious male bondage, so oh. they do very. Uh, their whole thing is all metal shackles and restraints and leather gear and very extreme BDSM. Ah. And I was the dom for every single scene. Ah. So I was exhausted. So, ah. and, and I, guess, I guess that's what my tea is. <laughs> oh, oh, she's got, okay. Uh, do, uh, give me a sec. Okay, so you know how we've already talked about, you know, when subs say there's no limits. So I had the opposite thing happen. This time, the sub, two two subs came from Germany that are into very long term, like they want to be in a sleep sack for eight hours kind of thing. They're into very extreme, very tight bondage and english is their second language um so communicating was broken german english and so i started to do this first scene where uh the guy had to be very heavily restrained Mm -hmm. so i asked him what are you into once you're restrained what what turns you on Mm -hmm. and he's like oh anything (laughs) like Please be more specific. <laughs> well, you know, just everything. <laughs> everything. Whatever, whatever. He's like, well, I like what you like. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's really not helping that's me. That's helpful here. for content <laughs> where you need to be enjoying it. No. Um, interesting. Uh, it's just like if you're going to do a scene, you, you say what your, what your say highlights what would be. Yeah. You know, I like my nipples played I'm with. Smack uh-huh. my balls. Pull my tits off. Whatever. Tickle my feet. Uh, uh, whisper in my ear, I'm pretty. Something. So pretty. <laughs> You're so pretty. Um, you know, you just give me some direction. Otherwise, I'm going to do something that's going to trigger you and you're going to want it out of the elaborate bondage mm-hmm. I just spent 30 minutes putting you there in. Was some, it was some intense, like, suspension-related stuff. Yeah. But you were getting to do some TKs. I did. I got to practice our bondage that we just took in our uh, rope course. Did you ever figure out what a TK stood for? Uh, total control. <laughs> well, total knockout. Uh, no, it, uh, Takata Kote. Oh, yeah, yeah, Takata Kote. <laughs> that's, that's the only one I, I knew. Takata Kote. Okay, stop, please. <laughs> 
Tell me again about Hawken. No. Um, and how was the shoot? Did you, you it was great. Things? I mean, I, it, 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 <laughs> you can't say it's great. It was good. We got a that. lot of content. And like they're working jail cells. So it's cool. So they, there was this one hot guy from Arizona that had flown in. And I got to put him in rubber and spray him down with a hose in the jail cell and be very mean to him. So that was very fun. But the thing about doming is you have to constantly think of the next thing. And especially with these like shackles and stuff, you have to have to the key in your pocket. They had like 20 padlocks you had with different keys, jail cell doors, da 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 da, lube, poppers, da da da. And you have to administrate all of this action going on. So it's very mentally and physically exhausting. So when I got home, I was dead to the world. You saw me. That's so, it. Saturday night, oh, I got, I laid in my bed. I just stared at the ceiling. So, yes. So, burnout's I'm, real. I'm, I'm coming. I had a little burnout. And so now I'm coming back to the land of the living. So, well, I'm glad that you were burnt out, but we'll, we'll get you some, some aloe vera or just a little bit of RR. Uh, yeah, no. And we kind of, we, uh, so we spent last night watching so this is my favorite because usually you and i don't watch the same shows or or you've already seen it because i don't watch shows as often as we you. don't like the same type of shows what do you, you like, like what is your horror. type of show what is your type of show? i like romantic comedies i, I like think pieces um kind of thoughts uh you know like uh just kind of surreal and uh, things that make you really ambiguous think. like term <laughs> surreal it's like, like modern Meet art Joe Black is one of my favorite movies okay and I like comedies postcards from the edges I my love other comedies movie. yeah but you don't like my comedies you don't like ruthless people you don't like bed Midler. you don't like those have I not people. loved moonstruck every time we've watched it We've watched it once. <laughs> no, don't even. We've watched it three times and twice in the backyard. Don't even. Okay, fine. Don't even. Whatever. Uh, no, but we we had a moment of like, I, you were exhausted. I wanted us to just chill. So I was like, well, let's watch this drag show. And your face was, can you give me a verbal exhausted sort of sound that you made when I said that? Okay. <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 no. Turn up the daddy a little bit, please. Okay. No. Uh. <laughs> you still sound too agreeable in that grunt. Um, I said, no, no, no. Hear me out. It's it's HGTV. It's make home, extreme home makeover, but done by drag queens. Well, and then you compared it to HGTV as if you've ever seen HGTV. Okay. You and you said a lot of assumptions like... about what I have seen, what I like. <laughs> What else did you like to make it? It was very formulaic, like any of these of makeover shows. We watched Trixie Motel, but it though. was fun. I enjoyed it. We both enjoyed something together. His I eyes think lit up. Point. He he was like, "Oh, well, I would do it this way. Oh, I would do it that way." So Trixie Motel is like Trixie Motel renovating a motel, and it's so formulaic. Like you and I are watching it with a yeah. producer eye, being like, "Okay, well, well you they more fed them than that me, question. Yes. They fed them that question." Clearly, she's like, you know, doing all of the the expose or the confessionals all at once for the entire season. It's like, a makeover show versus it's a makeover reality show, basically. Yeah. And, and 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 I mean, it's done very, very well. And I am fascinated by I love flipping houses. So I'm fascinated by the renovation of it all. So when they're doing the the uh, Tierzo tile floor Bless with paint, you. did you just have a seizure? <laughs> And it started peeling because they didn't use primer. Um, that cracked me up. But and cracked the paint up too. Yeah, and hey cracked oh. the paint up. Um, but it's actually really good. And I, 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 we got 
to four episodes, I think. I think we four, watched four. Four rooms are done, yeah, so we have the rest to go. But we really enjoyed it. So, like, if you haven't watched it, it's on HBO, uh, which one of the HBO things, and I think Discovery. Mm. Not sponsored. It was really fun, but it kind of gave you that vibe of like DIY. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and while not a sponsor, today's actual sponsor is Manscaped. Now, Daddy, are you ready to? Well, Easter. Easter you know, and I DIY and DIY now my beard. I'm sorry, what DIY my beard now with Manscaped? <laughs> I do it myself. I used to go to a barber to do my beard, and now I DIY it. Well, here's a deal you can't pass over this Easter. Hey, see what I, I saw there. what you did there. Now we just got our balls nicely. Well, we hit our eggs. In a, in a bush during March, but now we have. We now you <laughs> let can crop that top. <laughs> <laughs> the Easter Bunny has found our eggs. No, uh, we are sponsored today by Manscaped, one of our favorite, longest going sponsors for the podcast. So if you'd like to get your own 20% savings at manscaped.com, you can use what code, Daddy? What's 20? To get 20% off and free shipping. But the best part about Manscaped, besides the Lawnmower 4.0, which I love, I use daily, I, I use it for my face, my balls, my body hair. But as Daddy said, they now let you DIY with your beard trimmer. Do you know what DIY stands for? Do it yourself. Yeah, very very nice. Um, You didn't think I knew that, did you? No, I figured at this point I would hope you knew that because we we talk about DIY stuff all the time. But they've got the crop reviver, the the preserver, the ball deodorants, uh, ball toners, weed whacker 2.0 for nose and ears. They have just about everything you might need in the new year or just as your passing over into the Easter season as we come out of it. If you'd like to get your own savings again, that is manscaped.com and offer code Watts20. Thank you, Manscaped, and thank you for keeping our hair care. So DYI is do it. Oh no. Just do your it. <laughs> that would that do is your what, it. You know, if I if I wanted someone to go do themselves, I'd say DYI. Do DYI, your bestie. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a really, really fun DIY show. I enjoyed it because I, I love Trixie Mattel. You enjoyed it because it was like kind of different uh, renovations. Yeah, I'm just bit. curious how people, I mean, they, I mean, it's $2 million property. So in Palm Springs with a $600,000 budget or $500,000 budget to remodel, which is a little tight for a seven. Yeah. And what, what they have to me? do. Yeah. Well, I think, I think by episode like three, no, no spoilers, really no spoiler. They have to increase the budget just a little bit, but that, yeah. that's that's it's Trixie Mattel. She's got she's money. got budget. She's got she's got budget in her bosom. She hides the budget in her padding. Yeah, but it made me kind of think like, what would be a really fun topic for this week, especially when we looked at like, Ooh, are we going to flip a house? God no. <laughs> we did a, we did a painting once and that took that almost killed us. The, the, Let's the, build a new studio form. for what's the safe word? I'm down. Okay, get on that, please. Yeah. I'll give you a very tight budget though. It's gonna be I mean, tight. I've already done this. It's one. it's tight. And this is a lovely background that we have here, but it got me thinking about DIY itself. And even uh, as we as we talk in the background, there is a DIY leather crafted good that I wanted to speak to the creators about. So this week we were actually talking. I say we, but it was me because somebody was gallivanting I, I was the traveling. world. No. I was sharing a toilet with seven people in a dungeon. Yeah. Well, while Not you as were doing that, as it sounds. I was talking to Kona and Scrap from Scrapyard Leather. And if you don't know what Scrapyard Leather is, not not really a sponsor of the, the podcast at all. I just thought that they had a really interesting story. And they were also at TFF with us as well. 
So, yeah, and they made my pony hood, which everyone at TFF loved. And they made my puppy hood that has a little lightning bolt kind of uh, eyeshadow on the sides. I don't. It's kind of eyeshadow. It's kind of like an eyeshadow, like a, okay. or a blush, uh, like a lightning bolt blush on the side. But it's a customized hood that kind of made me think because I'm someone who worked at Mr. S for six, seven years almost mm -hmm. in their manufacturing realm. Like I was doing designs and flats for underwear, sweats, socks pretty much anything wearable that we made textile wise and on a daily basis i would make designs or graphics for the people that were literally crafting all the leather goods at mr s and i wanted to get their perspective on how a smaller business because they are smaller not only makes customized goods which is huge in the leather realm but how they have grown from you know um not a, a, a what would you call it's not a mom and pop but it's like a a dad and pup <laughs> a new dog and pup um yeah and and doing custom is really tough to do uh because everyone they once they see it halfway through they change their mind about everything and yes. want different they want to, <laughs> things changed so and it coincides with an episode we're doing where we're getting some like major like you know how instagram promotes things to you mm -hmm. so we're doing a, an episode where we're pretty much unboxing leather harnesses that instagram promoted to us but i wanted to do that and then i wanted to have like this kind of as a primer or even like the 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 what do you call it the mirror no the what's the term where you lampshade something but it's not lampshading lampshade never mind we're shine short. light on something <laughs> sure shadow yes Turn on and off. I love the th your thesaurus. What? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Dark side of the moon. Um, I wanted to talk to them because they are a smaller business creating and crafting things from scratch and from scraps. That's literally the anyway. So we'll get into that conversation. We'll get into that interview. But first, I just want to say one more time. Today's podcast is all about me interviewing Kona and Scraps from Scrapyard Leather, and they are again the ones that are creating not only puppy hoods but pony hoods, but dragon hoods. They do cats, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. And they say that anything is possible in the scrapyard because one person's scrap is another person's treasure. Oh, I thought you were about to say yard. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a horrible slogan. <laughs> Their scraps bring all the pups to the yard. So without further ado, welcome to the show, you guys. Hello, Kona Scraps. How are you guys doing today? And thank you for coming on to the podcast. Oh, doing great. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Doing really well. <laughs> So formal. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, so we were just chatting for a good probably 10, 15 minutes, just getting warmed up. And I love that whenever whenever you start to actually like formally, quote unquote, formally record, everyone's mood kinds of change. So we were just talking about our favorite smashable Pokemon, right? Um, mm -hmm. we, we were just spilling all the tea from all the conventions we were just at. And I cannot even believe what you said about Christopher when he wasn't here, but you know what? He'll never know. So <laughs> yeah, it's his fault for not being here anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> well, I don't Shade. even think, I don't even think you guys saw him at TFF if I'm correct. Cause so no. we all just came from TFF, Texas for Fiesta. Um, how was it for you guys though? Well, since I was there, I, I did not go. <laughs> I was working. <laughs> um, so it was great for scraps. No, um, <laughs> No, uh, I, I was hurt that I didn't see Christopher. No, uh, no, I saw you. I waved to you both when you were in one of your uh, meet and greets, uh, like kind of like the you had like a little like event uh, gathering, like I don't know if it was a panel type thing with um, all the other guests of honor. So I kind of like just waved from the Raptors type of thing. <laughs> um, but I at least got to talk to you at the puppy uh, and um, puppy and pet um, uh, meetup, which was really nice. So we got to actually talk a little bit more. But uh, it was a great con. I mean, um, great staff. 
I like the location. Really fun con. I had a blast. I hope you did. I, I thought it was great. It was my first furry convention in probably a decade. Um, because I used to go to Rainforest back in the day, and every time I say, literally, the the faces. <laughs> That's the first you thing that happens. <laughs> every face, every face that you guys just made was made anytime I mention the scandals aside. Uh, at <laughs> that con, TFF had no scandals. The community was so lovely. Um, I think I could even bring Daddy to a furry convention again. He had that much fun. You know, that's awesome. I'm yeah. glad. I'm I'm really cool. glad you both had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. but um, I, I scraps. I think I met you first at Folsom like a year or two ago. Yes, is that true? Briefly. No, it was just just last year. Yeah, and, but Kona, yeah. we go way back in the leather community. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Way back <laughs> Yeah, we yeah we uh, when I used to come down to Seattle quite often, we had the pleasure of uh, go, we went to dinner together. That's how we first met uh, down uh, near where actually the Rainforest yes. Hotel originally was. Yes, that's right. I remember that actually specifically, and we sat across from each other and we just chatted. That's how we actually got to hang out. Yeah, and and so like that's where kind of our our journeys cross was leather. But you guys mm -hmm. are are very very involved and big in the furry con conventions and community as well. Um, I, I'm curious, like, how did you guys get started in your own respective communities, whether it was kink, leather, furry, like what, what got you involved in just all of it, the fandom of it all? Who wants to go first? Well, first, let me think if you're saying that we're big in the fandom, because I feel like I saw a ways to go. <laughs> There's some truly amazing creators out there that I don't think I yeah. could ever come near to even being on their level, but I definitely started in the furry fandom. Like I was probably considered consider myself a furry since I was like grade 10 uh at least that's my first memories of finding furry what was and um yeah uh and the leather stuff didn't come until after until you came across like those furry pictures like oh what's this <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah it's uh the furries really help you um uh, expand your horizons so you may say <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, especially since it, it allows you to kind of explore your uh, your identity for all in, in, intents and purposes, like yeah. in a different way that seems less threatening. And I think that's where a lot of overlap comes, not only from like nerd culture, where like I got started was cosplay at conventions in the anime realm, but also where we mm -hmm. see a lot of overlap with like leather and and furry as well. Um, and I, I'm going to assume, yes. Kona, what was your spider bite into the communities? Yeah, uh, uh, my path was a little interesting. Um, I actually talk, I'm actually talking about in the, in the new video I'm doing right now, because it kind of goes into it a little bit. But essentially, um, I grew up in a really small town. So I had no exposure to anything furry related or the LGBTQ plus community at all. Uh, I didn't really know anybody I met. I knew one person in my entire town that was like, identified gay, uh, like, you know, so I didn't really wow. have much exposure. So when I went to college, which is where furry started that's where it all started really expanding it's like that it's like that cliche college so <laughs> but um <laughs> i started exploring the local areas and i always had interest in anthropomorphism uh to some degree um i just never put a like pin on where it would fall and then going and reaching out in the internet i found furry and i started going to local meets and that kind of really cascaded me into learning more about the fandom and then also um the uh the community as a whole uh, so that's how I started getting into it. And then soon after, uh, Puppy followed. And then 
leather, like, you know, puppy and leather, like simultaneously, and then so forth and so forth to where we are right now. Okay. And so I love, I can never say anthro, anthro from, I can never say anthropomorphic. It. Anthropomorphic. Oh, it's the P. I never get the P. I practice a lot. Trust me. Trust me. I have to practice a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you get ready for a YouTube video. Anthropomorphic. 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 I, I can't. Exactly what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> See, and I wear neither of those. I'm more of a gray leather myself, but you already knew that. Um. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> and so you two, and is it just you two on the team or do you have a, te a larger team than that? Work for and are what what we would call scrapyard leather, right? Uh, it, it is a very small team. Mm -hmm. uh, aside from me and him, it's just, uh, I have three people that come in and help me regularly. One only comes in like once a week, but yeah, it is uh, mostly me constructing him doing everything else. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Making sure it exists. <laughs> yeah, like we were like that for, actually we were like that for the first two and a half years. Uh, Cause we're going on four this June. June, July, oh because, God. yeah, I know, is that wild when you think about it? But yeah, we we mm -hmm. actually started from, it's going to sound, from scraps. I, I, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, within that two and a half year mark, we started um, reaching out because as we were growing, we needed um, support from our community and, um, and employees to help us expand and um, meet the demand, essentially. Yeah, well, and you guys, so... For anyone that doesn't know, um, you, you've completely missed the entire title of this episode and probably the, the foreword where me and Christopher intro you, but uh, Scrapyard Leather is a leather crafting business um, that primarily started with hoods, but now you guys are branching out into accessories, harnesses, and beyond from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. How did you guys get started though? Like what, what inspired you? What started, what made you think, hey, we love hoods, we love crafting, we love gear and we want to make the things happen. You go first, Graps. Uh, oh yeah, this is, this feels I'll like a mighty question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so how I got started was that I, it was at a convention and I saw someone wearing a hood and it was one of the uh, Mr. S hoods. And also like one of those really old style that's kind of like the, a Gip mask with just a muzzle attached, like those classic style with ones. With the zipper on it. And um, yeah, yeah, which I've seen before, but it's the first time you've seen one like in person being worn. And I was just so fascinated by it. And um, I immediately became enamored. It's like, I want my own, but I want to design my own. And I submitted my design to other makers. And it was all, it was uh, northbound leather first. And they quoted something above $1,000, which is fine. It's, it's essentially something that did not match anything they had in stock. So it would have to absolutely be made from scratch pattern and everything. Uh, so I was like, but, but that's too much. So I tried to find friends who like made saddles who can also maybe make it. So um, they pretty much left me on red for that. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And then I just got fed up. I'm just like, you know what? I have a friend who's mildly into leather crafting. I'm going to get his help and we're going to make one ourselves. And the first version looked terrible. <laughs> the second version looked okay third version i knew it was on to something especially once i took it to an event and people would recognize me in the dark because it's just like uh they call my name from the distance like how'd you know it's like i recognize your hood i can recognize it anywhere and in hmm. and, and like an enjoying like they clearly liked it sort of way and i that's when i knew i had something that others would like and i 
immediately just like, hmm, like any creator, it's like, how can I monetize my passion? <laughs> yeah, and still have fun with it, of yeah. course. And then yeah. Kona. Of course. Yeah, so this is where this is where I come in. Uh, no. Oh. So, yeah, I know. Please, it, welcome it, to it, the stage. Welcome to the stage. Now, uh, this, it's interesting because uh, it, and how I got into it and how we ended up partnering up is, um, like I said, I was in the, uh, we both were in the fandom for, um, for several years before that prior. So um, I started getting into the uh, puppy uh, community a little bit more um, on a regular basis. Uh, like I would go to events and stuff. Like I didn't know there was like local communities uh, where I was because I was living uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia at that time. Uh, and then I realized there was a uh, a community called Van Paul. So um, and then later I found out, of course, C. Paul, where you were, uh, was a, uh, also in a uh, community there. So I started attending the moshes. I uh, started getting deeper into that aspect, and then I competed for the uh, Northwest uh, Puppy title, title, which I won that year. And then soon after, I competed at the International Puppy and Trainer Contest, which I won the international event as well. Um, so in this realm of me uh, competing for titles and kind of doing that ambassadorship, um, I had my hoods, which were both Mr. S. Leathers as well, and I started going to other conventions, and then since me and uh, never were me and Scraps have been uh, friends for a bit for a while at that point, we ended up going to uh, like Midwest Fur Fest and like Rainforest, and especially at Midwest Fur Fest, uh, there is a event usually at night where people adorn their gear and stuff and have just a really fun social time hanging out, and you get to see all the cool stuff that people are wearing. And I didn't have that much stuff. Scraps had some stuff. I wore one of the stuff he gave me. He gave me a harness, if I remember, to wear that one night. Um, yep. At, yep. And um, he had his hood with him. And since I've been traveling around the world and stuff and talking to other people in the uh, uh, puppy communities and just other leather communities, I was like, you know what? Uh, you know what? Like, I've never seen anything like this hood. And there's definitely um, a pocket, a niche some in there where like no one is making a stylized half hood, uh, let alone something that would probably be affordable and accessible to people all over the world. So I talked to Scraps and I'm like, you know what? I I see this and I see that what, what they were saying, so much potential here. I think we have something. And since I was running uh, the International Puppy and Trainer Contest now as the contest producer and they had vendors, I saying, well, how about we come up with some ideas, put some stuff together, and then see about vending at that event. And then we did at, it was iPaul at the time, um, that year for the first time, and then things just took off. That's great. And for, for those listening, iPod, International Pup and Handler, um, which I think you guys just came from, right? Yeah, so just to put context, yeah, so the IPTC is the International Puppy and Trainer Contest. Ah. Uh, that is also the just the contest and the um, organization. Uh, IPAL at the time was an event that was going on that IPTC was a part of for a brief period until IPAL disbanded. Mm -hmm. So this last year, which was in Chicago, um, uh, well, actually like a couple of weeks ago, at the end of March, beginning of April, uh, we just had the International Puppy and Trainer Contest, and we just uh, sashed um, our international puppy and our international trainer, uh, which was a really awesome event. I heard. Oh, yeah. No, and I saw a bunch of those people at CLAW. I, there's, everyone gets everywhere. It's, it's so fascinating how the community works in that way, from furry to leather to contest. Yeah. Everybody gets around. 
Um, and gets around, if you know what I around. mean. <laughs> it goes around, goes back around. Anyway. If, also, if I can add something to Coda's um, story here, is that um, after that party, because that was technically like your first letter gathering, any sort of party, because you weren't into pup play at all at that point. And I've been into it for like about a year or so. You yeah, were curious, was... but you never were like really experienced anything. Not like in the furry uh, contingent marks. Yeah, no, I was kind of like it was very yeah. separated at that point. It was still it was still very new to you, and literally like a year after that party at the next con, I saw you were just like, oh, I'm the regional winner, and then the next year after that, it's like, oh, I'm Mister Inter- International. It's like, what the hell? That was such a quick like curve. <laughs> I feel that that's pretty normal though when people get really immersed yeah. in a community you know and you went into the deep end <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did no that's that's true never yeah. meet the ground <laughs> it did happen really quickly i i will i i will agree but um i i yeah i was i was passionate about the community i met a lot of great people there and i really wanted to support and try to like do more and that's kind of what dro- drove me to just kind of just hit the ground running. And you're right. It was just like, boom, <laughs> here we are. So, well, and I can tell you guys that, that you guys are passionate about it too. But like also, as we talk about kind of a bunch of different brands from Mistress to Northbound uh, to even Scrapyard, like every single gear crafter or company that has gear crafters kind of has a certain style and a look like you bring up like the puppy community and the overlap with furry. I remember when we used to teach puppy 101 classes at at <clears throat> rain first <clears throat> uh like people were kind of still like eh, puppies and hoods and fetish gear equals sex and, but like when we went to tff this last last month it, there were so many puppy hoods i i mean you could see so many mistress i saw a number of you guys scrapyards all about like i had brought mine as well um it's nice to see that we can look at gear and we can realize that there's a, a style there. And clearly you guys have a passion for making stylized hoods. Like how did you guys like grow up doing costuming or sewing? Like how did you get into the gear crafting? Cause I'm used to make like little armbands, like leather armbands and then did some designing for Mr. S when I worked for them. It's not something you just pop on into and start doing without a little bit of experience. Oh God, you you say that, but I kind of went into it with absolutely no experience. Oh, okay, no, that's valid. <laughs> I, like, if there was any experience, it was like uh, for a long time I was um, trying to make it make my way as a furry artist, and I got and I'm really into uh, character designs and anything. Like, I love love a good character design, and I if anything, I took whatever I learned from that and applied it to uh, making these hoods. And also there's a little bit of my sixth grade obsession with origami in there. I've <laughs> just taken a flat thing, folding it to make something 3D. <laughs> Interesting. Cause I have a background yeah. 10 years of game design where like folding, unfolding very much translates and crosses over with like pat- patterning, you know, you're literally 3D yeah. is just unwrapping yeah. a 3D but, object and flattening it much like a pattern. Yeah. My my only like proper training would have been from uh, one semester in a uh, costume design in university. Hey, that goes a long way. My, <laughs> it goes a long way. I had the best prof ever. I would love to see her again. I hope to see her again very soon and give her a hood because if 
I don't think this company exists without Aww. her. It's just showing like this is how you thread a machine. <laughs> Fucking bobbins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also like also a lot of uh help came from uh YouTube tutorials and uh just looking at what fursuit makers are doing as well. Ridiculous. They post their work in progress things. Yeah, they ridiculous. it's absolutely ridiculous. But like when you see like how they make their patterns by just doing like, oh, duct tape dummy, draw on what you want and then mm. cut it out, flatten it out, and that's it. <laughs> but there are some that use 3D pro like I I've I, we watched um oh, yeah. the fandom, the docu the furry documentary that I'm sure you guys have at least oh. are aware of. There's yeah, with Ash Coy it's Ash Coyote's uh, uh yeah. Yeah. And okay. then that they I feature it Oh, it's great. I, it's great. I, I personally think yeah. it's great. Not as no, a full time. No, because no, they cause they do no, because they uh, they that's what they do. That's what their profession is, and they took uh, their passion profession um, and made that uh, independent movie. Like I call it a movie because it's really long uh, documentary, um, and it was I thought it was brilliantly done. Oh, spectacular! But in it, they show a bunch of different crafters. Some using like CAD and other three D, and then some doing the duct tape yeah. method or the foam. But um, it's just fascinating how people get started. Kona, do you have a background in? in crafting as well then or i i do i it's it's a it's a i'm a little bit of a combination so um aside from like being really big i was i'm huge in anime so um i like i watch anime even every night i have to so <laughs> i really have an appreciation for like uh, that and the cosplay mm -hmm. but uh for me my background is i actually went to college as well uh i studied uh 3d animation and graphic design oh uh, so I did that with like a, with like heart history and all that, the whole shebang, you know, like you name it, we had to do it. So sculpting, you know, I did some glass blowing for one year. Um, so I went to that realm. And then I also worked uh, a few, two to three years at a, um, a fursuit studio. Um, oh, and wow. I helped make the basic parts. I didn't do the heads. Um, I just helped. But again, with the patterning, understanding how when you take a flat object and try to make it 3D, what you think in here and what you can actually conceptualize in real life are not the same thing. I have to explain that to Furs a lot of the times that it looks like an amazing character. I would love it to be real, but some of those things are just not, unfortunately, <laughs> capable at the moment. So, you know, but that's where my background falls into. Well, you say that though. And then I, I look at some of the hoods you guys have done. Like I, have, of course, have my, my pup, wolf german shepherd sort of styled hood which is ears and a muzzle but then i see some of them like you guys have lions you have dragon lions and tigers and bears so somebody say oh my somebody say yeah. oh my no oh my i'm gonna make scraps angry be like scrap your leather we can make anything happen and the like no within reason within reason <laughs> well i'm curious what is the most ridiculous one though What's the most ridiculous one you guys have ever made? Well, and ridiculous in like a fun way. I know which one. Oh, like, God. Come on. There's a few, but I'm almost worried about saying because I don't want to upset anyone. Use the, oh, use, the, use the family of like species. Don't say it. Like, um, like there's like one that I okay. thought that was very okay, uh, beautiful. We... Go ahead. You do it, actually. Oh, you say it <laughs> no, no, you, you go ahead. The I, I, I know more than they came through, so I'm sorting. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, one I actually <laughs> love. I actually loved it and the, the style and the design, but I know we actually think we can do it, but it would be down the road a little bit. Um, but they had a type of um octopus <gasps> character. And um, what? but the and it was based off I'm just gonna say it because I mean I'm giving a shout out. I like the design. Um it was uh it's the uh, it's the blue ring octopus from Australia. Uh and I really yeah. liked it. 
a lot and uh, we unfortunately couldn't take it uh, when we were asked, but it is something we are like, that would be amazing to do. And down the road, we definitely want to kind of like apply our skills and make that, but it's just not something we can just thrust right now into our. Sure. Uh, I mean, tentacles, that, first of all, tentacles will sell. Second of all, I can't imagine how you do that out of leather, but I'm excited to see if you tackle it. That's that was definitely on my uh, the top five because that's I do like a challenge, but also like you have to pace yourself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Especially and, with custom, uh, I would love to be able. The main challenge I would want is to make the tentacles like free moving, so they actually sway a little. Mm. Wait, are you guys doing <laughs> like really machined cool. pieces too, or because I don't know that I've seen anything that has movement, but like that'd be so cool. I don't know. It, it's something that would need a okay. lot of R and D. <laughs> And uh, but I think the the weirdest or again it's no it's no flack on the design or anything it's just like I have no idea how I would approach that it's a lack of my skill not their own design uh, but it's probably the mutant dog that has two muzzles and five eyes <laughs> oh like a demon that'd be, yeah. though that'd be yeah, was, yeah we've had a couple of demon dogs as well and I've like I mm-hmm. want to but like. Pace yourself, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I also have a background in, of course, working at Mr. S Leather. Um, I used to sit literally right next to Skeeter. And if you know who Skeeter is from Mr. S, mm-hmm. head crafter, head yep. head designer of most things at Mr. S. Um, and so I would used to answer emails as well in the back phone room. So we would see the, the design requests when we used to do tons of custom at Mr. S. And what people don't realize is like, Custom, so like pricing always comes into the question of your crafting, of course, because pricing is your wallet. It's what you can afford. And you also want to have something that some people are in it for the name brand. Some of are just in for the looks. It's exactly what they want. It has their colors. And at Mr. S, like we we used to just have to start saying no because there were there weren't any octopuses, octopi, but there was a lot of like very custom requests. And you guys... I, I want to give you all of the credit, like do a nonstop, very cool, very over the top, impressively done custom hoods. So I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you manage like the customization versus kind of a more streamlined style? Cause all your hoods do have a specific style that even if it was like a lion, I'd be like, Oh, that's a scrapyard hood. How do you guys manage that? Oh, very carefully. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. As, as we think about it. <laughs> I mean, you you hit the nail on the head of just like the constant struggle of like choosing between like how custom do you want to go versus how because it's still a business you have to like you have to make profit and make sure that it's um, the the work gets done because um, <laughs> I really don't like leaving as much as wait times can be I really don't like leaving goods in the queue for that long um, I mean God if in the furry fam, you wait three plus years for a fursuit. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, I've, I've not even gone into that realm yet. But yeah, even well, a hood yeah. can uh, take weeks. Depending on the maker. Everyone's different. But mm-hmm. um, I'm at least always of the idea that, like Chef Ramsay would say, people wait for good food. People will wait for a good quality product. And I make sure the quality is there before I send it. And then if it's something new, I don't want to rush it because I may want to make sure it looks good. But sorry, I'm. Uh, I digress. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, so I need go ahead, Kona. <laughs> so we, I guess we're pretty much getting in the realm of like, how do you balance the um, wantingness to do customization over uh, the streamline um, options that we might have? Um, yeah. And, it, and it's hard. Uh, I think Scraps will agree with me that we, first off, we never want to say no. And I'm not, and, and what we have to. Because there, there are so many people out there and they all have amazing designs and stuff. And some of them are from the very basic designs when we think about our crafting to something that is very complex. But we are only a small team. So we have to look at a couple things. One, um, getting a quality product out because um, we'll never compromise quality. That is one thing we will never do. Um, that is what we're known for. And we will stick by that integrity and quality. Uh, secondly, we are a business. So as a business, we need to pay our employees. We have to pay us and we have to pay for the material to make the hoods. So as we expand, we want to create other options that with those options, we can balance taking an X amount of customization, if you get what I'm saying, oh, yeah. and then balance it out with the people who want, I want a hood, but I want kind of like maybe I'll want to start out with this hood. You know, I, I, like maybe a simpler design. I want to just get a feel for it. And then I want to work on my design. So down the road, I want to put in for like a real custom one with Scrapyard and let's come up with a really cool idea. So we have our standard hoods, our partial customs and our customization ones, which the custom, fully custom ones can take that three to four month period within that queue. But then the standard or partials you can get within that month. Okay. No, well, and that kind of actually goes, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I guess like, and uh, going on the design aspect is like, I did design and how people are able to like uh, customize it. I did design it in a specific way where the silhouette would be very strong and that's like, that's your scrapyard silhouette. Everything else on it is a blank canvas that you can put on. That's okay. how I designed the hoods. Yeah, and um <clears throat> anything like uh, I'm very particular about the jawline so when you're talking about like uh, different species of just like oh when you see an alligator or a lion it's like that's a scrapyard hood it's like I make sure that jawline is always present and the reason I am particular about it is because I designed a way where it would hide your human jaw and when you do move your mouth it would look like it's part of the hood oh for me I... that's like that's what a scrapyard hood is <laughs> oh I love that yeah. Um, to one of your points, Kona, as far as like crafting gear, especially when it comes to custom stuff, like again, Mr. S still does their their customizations here or there, but a lot of what they do is very streamlined. And other companies, uh, and I don't I don't speak for all of them, but I know that other companies do take a lot of what they do overseas and will have them mass produced. But you don't get that same, let's say, process of like, for instance, emailing back and forth small design tweaks of the hood before you you even get into crafting, which is how you guys do it. But do you see that there's like a a, a a positive and a negative of going with fully custom versus just buying kind of a more standardized, off the shelf, maybe even mass produced thing? I, I'm sure you guys have bought your fair share of crafted gear over the years. Oh yeah, I I like to collect hoods and gear. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and does crafting that so like let me let me rephrase maybe um mm -hmm. how does i guess the quality overall kind of change and the experience differ from doing fully custom work versus like maybe just going in and buying something off the rack to you guys well work-wise it's about eight hours per day <laughs> that's, <the difference. laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great answer that's the great answer yeah <laughs> 
Nah. You know, uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll, yeah, you I'll, go ahead. I'll let you think. I know you're going to have a little more methodical response, probably. Um, you know, w w I purchased like some. I wouldn't say mass produced. So I'll just say some of the standard hoods. Like I, let's say Mr. S. So, like you know, I just bought yeah. like the blue neoprene hood. We'll just call it for what it is. And then I bought a customized leather one that Skeeter made for me. Uh, so and then I have ours. I think the difference is is the uh, the experience, and it's going to sound cliche, but how you feel inside the experience. Um, not only is the quality you would expect to be, and like I said, you would expect because it's more customized and you're having that that conversation report to be better, but I think it means a lot more. And as furries as well, too, when you talk to someone like you're making a fursuit or when you're making a hood and you're conceptualizing an idea, and that artist is able to realize that idea, if it's be like an art piece, if it be a hood or your fursuit, when you are home and we watch people with our hoods and you open that up, it's like, I'm going to make myself emotional. And you see that it's like, there's not really a word to describe. It's kind of like when you're like your child running down and then Santa and you're opening up your first present for Christmas. Like it just means a lot more and it's special mm -hmm. and you don't, and you want to do everything to protect that. To me, standard does have its place because you can explore your identity. You can explore the communities and stuff. But I I feel like it's that extra, that extra bit, that extra thing that touches you here that makes the difference between buying something that could just be off the shelf and that's something where you have a conversation and, and, a, and, a, and a, a rapport and an identity with. I love that. Yeah. And to expand on that, it's like, that's definitely something that, the furry community has inspired a lot for me with this company of and it like if I could equate it to something within furry because it's not just everyone has like their fursona and then when you and they commission art of it or they get a the big ticket is like the fursuit and because when you put on that fursuit it's like oh that's me <laughs> mm -hmm. you finally get to become like what you always imagine yourself as and we try to bring that in with our hoods because that's seems to be people seem to separate us from the re everyone else is just like they put on our one of our hoods like oh that's me uh yeah and if say like uh streamlined stuff is like it's if it's like a streamlined neoprene hood it's just like oh that's your furry shirt but then when you have your your customized hoods like oh that's my that's my fursuit that's like that's the transition <laughs> i I couldn't agree more. And coming from again the background of distress, like we had, the, we have the neoprene hoods, which they are standard yeah. and standardized to the point where like you see like knockoffs on different sites like Wish and Amazon. But I, I find that that accessibility of more affordable gear off of sites like that, while it mm -hmm. does kind of muddy the water of the gear that exists out there, it provides people an entry level where they can kind of try out that shirt for for uh, uh, your analogy. Yeah. And then later on down the line, they buy themselves a full, nice, tailored suit. It gives them that 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 yeah. option to to try it out. And while some of the the more knockoffy stuff and the mass-produced things that do exist on the more odd sites, again, like a wish.com, because that's my experience with terrible, like mass-produced, it, it's mm. it makes it accessible and then allows people to kind of get their feet wet before really going in and actually actually supporting some artisans and doing some really cool crafting. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think um, it's all, it's, it's important as us as crafters, as an artist, 
it, um, and even like like yourself um, being a content creator and stuff, it's just to be accessible um, and to give people a platform and ability for people who can't like, like for you, when you do your stuff and your podcasts and stuff, you're, 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 you're bringing your voice and people to your, to your podcast. And then people that might not have a community somewhere like in like small, small town can listen and actually feel a sense of belonging um, and like, you know, and purpose and like, you know, and then I, and, and, and understand themselves. I think where the line, the one little gray line in the sand about all this of accessibility is that where I think there's always a place, there always, I think, is a contingent on like making sure that you don't take someone's idea and then profit off it. Because, you know, where I think maybe let's say the Mr. S Neoprene, I guess I know they got mass produced. We saw them on the uh, the dance show, I think, where they did the uh, like of mass the, the mass singer. singer. Yes, the mass singer. <laughs> which I saw mass that singer. and I was like, uh. I think I, I think I like that was a hold a second, for everyone. hold the phone for a second. <laughs> um, I don't want it to get to a point where then some people think it's okay to then take someone's idea and just run with it and make a ten dollar version. I think. Sure. That's not usually okay. So I think it's kind of like a mid-ground. You want to create accessibility and affordability for everyone to enjoy, but you also don't want to take someone's artistic integrity and run with it and then bury it into the ground. You know what I mean? That's kind of like I how I the line in the sand is. Yeah, and I agree. I, I When when Wishhoods first started coming out, I would took a very personal stance on it because I literally worked in the, the shop where, you know, it was 20 people's jobs to make those hoods. And I was like, you guys, this is so gross and it feels weird. But then people were like, but it's accessible and I can buy a hood for a tenth of the price. And now I feel like I belong in this community. I'm like, yes, but people's jobs. And there's that weird ethics of it all, you know, which is where. Yeah. I th yeah. So have you guys run into any? I mean, you guys have not. Think, knock on wood. Thankfully, well. there's no like <laughs> knock off. Oh, without 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 no trying. Attempts. There have okay. been a couple attempts of them of, of of a couple we won't I mean we won't say a couple yeah. of people reaching out through email or um uh direct messaging asking for certain things and if you put two to two together you realize that what they're really saying is that give me this so that I may deconstruct this and then replicate oh. it and take the business which um yeah and I'm no. it's definitely not everyone who asked that some people were more so treating it like uh an a pattern you would buy on Etsy. Mm -hmm. they would just yeah. make for themselves and, and that's probably it so most people don't really have the uh intention of making full business out of it uh, but like uh when it comes to like your debate of like oh between a, a wish hood or a mr s hood it's i'm not going to blame anyone if they can't afford the full crafters oh yeah that's, that's yeah. not that's not on them uh but if something they do really like people i find nine times out of 10 that if someone really enjoys it, they will save up to get that more uh, well-constructed hood, which through whichever maker that they prefer. And, and it kind of goes to the uh, yeah. hand in hand with the feeling and the experience of it all is like, that's, you could go to a knockoff Disneyland or you could save up and make an experience of a trip to Disneyland and enjoy it and look forward to it. And hopefully have a more well-rounded experience, but also something that you take away, whether it's an actual physical thing or it's just that overall experience. Like it, it for me, working with you guys on on my custom hood, it was was lovely. It was fun. It was it was you got to be a part of crafting the custom piece as you do with customized like artisans. And while going on wish is affordable and accessible, you open up that box and it smells like cancer. Like it's so toxic oh, and wow. noxious. <laughs> no, I'm speaking from personal experience. 
Um, no, no, and no, it's no, just no. like I, I haven't exactly had that what experience. You're talking about nice. <laughs> um, but you yeah. also you don't get that fun like I bought a, a hood from Insert Seller. You got to be a part of the family, and it really is a big family. When I see another scrapyard hood, I'm like ah, and then they go ah. It's like the yeah. Spider-Man meme, you know ah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. That's actually even part of why I keep buying hoods from other makers. Uh, first off, huge shout out to Gear Factory in, in the and uh, what's it? Uh, Gear Bunny in the uh, oh. in the UK. I've not heard of them. Fantastic makers. Never heard of. Them. Uh, one sec. They're off to the side. I can grab the hoods. Please, yeah, show and tell. <laughs> na, 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 na. Put, put, yeah, they just they just got a couple. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna show it. Got that recently. Yeah. So this is my uh gear factory. Don't <gasps> oh, oh, I've seen there was a camera operator yeah. at MIR that minus minus the main had a that's so cool. So it's a donkey neoprene. Oh, oh. Uh, leather. Leather, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. It's so nice. It's it's very nice. Uh, I've chatted with them. They are lovely people, and they helped me design uh, Christoph's hood, actually. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah. as part of like our, our our gear episode, like you guys created a pony version of a scrapyard hood, and it was not only really fun yeah. and playful, but it had detachable mane. And I think that's my favorite part of of the crafting community is mm -hmm. a crafter, an artisan will look at something and be like. I think I can figure that out or they'll look at like a, a drawing or a schematic and be like, let's try that out. And like, how many, how many attempts were made on that pony hood? I'm just curious. Like, was it just one and done or. Oh. <laughs> we sat, well, we sat out, on the design a lot. Uh, I, I sat on the design so, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, when it comes to new species, I always try and figure it out first with like a, a duct tape dummy. So that way I can just add and take away things as much as I want. And then once I think I have something more solid, solid, I will draft it out of craft foam, which is super cheap material that reacts more closely to our leather. Craft um, foam is lovely. I used <laughs> to craft right. armor so and I didn't all even, the cosplay. I didn't even think about using it until we were like three years into this job. <laughs> and you get that Smart. thick stuff and a heat gun and you just go yeah. to town with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, I wish I thought of it sooner or someone told me sooner. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's probably, I probably made three different craft foam versions before I settled on what you have now. Yeah. Nice. And we have a, God, we have a, we have like three more horses and one donkey in this next queue. And I'm I super know. stoked for that. I'm <gasps> so excited. And different colors. Oh my god, this they're gonna be so I'm so excited for those. You've got your own version of like Kona's Ark over there. Yeah. <laughs> I would say Scraps Ark as well, but Kona, Noah, and anyway. You know, um, you know, and, and even and you know, even oh, just before point, we Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because you want to show that real quick. Oh, yeah, sorry, just yeah. before we go too far. This is this is a Grunge Bunny. Oh, okay. I see. Love wonderful neoprene hoods. And I know I recognize that again. There's a style to it. There's a there's a likeness that just looks familiar when you see a, an artisan that yeah. crafts something over and over again. It, it gives mm -hmm. me a bit of Lagoshi vibes this one too. I'm genuinely jealous. This one I'm genuinely jealous. I did not come with the design for because it is stellar. <laughs> it's very chic. Highly recommend. Sleek. Highly recommend both these makers. Nice. Great to work with. Yeah. 
Um, well, as we get to, sorry, let me, what? Pause for a sec. Um, were there any other scrapyardy shout outs or any sort of crafting in that regard you want to make sure we add in? Yes. I'm going to ask you guys like, yes. how do you get involved? But let's, you go ahead. I'm going to. Okay. Uh, this is the this is the major one, and and when I mean this, I'm going to say that uh, with the up um, a person that has like the utmost integrity, um, passion for the communities and the leather crafting, and a mentor to us, uh, PNC Creations. Um, Aww. yeah, CJ. Um, when we had questions, uh, and we were kind of curious about where we could grab stuff, and then like processes and things that we could do to expand. Um, they took up the mantle and had uh voice calls with us over zoom talk to us uh throughout our last couple of years uh, especially um is when we started um through like facebook dms and stuff and it's been with us every step of the way um and always willing to answer a question because um what they said at the end of the day they said you've had to promise you two things one carry on the legacy of the community and leather working and continue to make great things for people and if someone comes up to you and say hey can you help help them so we can make the community grow and keep the history going for years to come. Oh, so yeah, it was super, super sweet, man. He sought us out and that was like probably the most flattering thing I could have yeah. had someone do for me at that time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I love that. Yeah. But cause I mean, at the end of I'm the day, super... it's a business, but like you're, you're, you're very passionate about it and you're trying to create things that people not only want and, appreciate but that they probably hold really really like heartfelt because it's it's who they are it's part of them it's part of their personality and mm -hmm. how they present present themselves uh sorry i cut you off there scraps i wasn't sure if you had anything to add there no i think it was good okay um well then yeah. as as a crafter myself not not of gear anywhere near what you guys put together but as a crafter myself, like I used to make little like armbands with bones on it that I was like wholesaling through other sellers. And every once in a while, I'll see one in the wild and I'll just be like, ah, I made that. Um, I think I remember that but a little bit <laughs> forever ago. Yeah. But I'm curious, like what kind of advice do you give to people who maybe they want to be the next scrapyard or, or they want to craft something for the community? Like how do they get involved? Why don't you go first, Scraps? Oh, why me? Oh. <laughs> Unless you really want me to go first. I, God, it's like, I do, have I do have advice, but it's like, which do I focus on? See, this is, so for everyone who doesn't know on this podcast, this is how Scraps thinks. They just sit there methodically. There's, there's an <laughs> old man in the, there's, yeah. there's an old man in the library that just like, do you want it done quick or do you want it done right? And he's just slowly grabbing books yeah. from the shelves to like, no. I'll let you grab your books and I'll start off. Okay, Thank so um, I mean, of course, I guess th uh, the best advice to give is, um, you know, you, I mean, be passionate for what you're doing, obviously. Um, at the end of the day, it, it shows. You know, if you're passionate about it, your work will show. If you love what you do, the work and the love will show in your work. So that's always very important. If you're going to go at it just saying like, oh, I want to be like another company and stuff like that. And I want to make millions of dollars. It's not, unfortunately, I wish we could say we were millionaires, but that's not the case at all. Um, fursuit makers, <laughs> crafters and stuff work many hours. And you would think that, oh, this thing's worth X amount of money that they must be ranking in the dough. That's not how, that's not what it's like. It, it takes a lot of time, 
a lot of love and a lot of passion to grow business um, um, and to do so. But um, the reward of doing something that people love and they cherish and it brings lasting memories for them is something that holds its weight in gold. Hmm. Um, so that's the best advice I would give on that end. And just reach out and go to events and talk to other makers and crafters and ask, you know, sometimes they have panels, sit in on some panels, do YouTube videos, you know, um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. We have done plenty of those. Um, but within those mistakes, and I don't like using the word mistakes, let's say it, you're, you're never a failure. You're never, and they're never mistakes. They're just opportunities. The only time they're a mistake or a failure is when you give up. So if mm -hmm. you take everything that you learn and you turn it into something positive, you never fail. Uh, so just keep going in that, um, keep working, work with other people, be open to work with other people. And, um, and yeah, that would be my advice. And, um, hopefully with that and your passion, you can grow your own special little community and, um, shop. Yeah. And to, uh, get most of my points, I guess I just want to expand on, especially for me starting out, uh, I guess the two biggest things that helped me, I guess it should be three. Yeah. Three, uh, that helped me keep going was that, uh, this is advice that uh, Kona gave me where it's just like, start small and don't invest more than you're willing to lose. <laughs> uh, which is mostly like, pretty much like create for yourself first. And mm -hmm. if someone wants something, then you can create for them, but never don't just jump into the deep end. Uh, next would be to not be afraid to ask for help from anyone who is around you. Because if someone is is willing to spend your time and volunteer to like help you uh, work work for a bit or got I are um, if they have space to like help you set up shop or something that's great I I currently work out of my uh, my family's basement because <laughs> it's just a great workspace because <laughs> it, it's got the big like hardwood table and everything yeah. and it's, it works really well uh, and. Also, to remember, uh, expanding what you said about failure, is that your first version is never as good as your second, third, fourth, and continuing. You will, uh, you're always going to make improvements as long as you're willing to keep at it <laughs> and learn from your quote-unquote mistakes. <laughs> I, I, I'm listening to all of those pointers and and kind of hearing what you're talking about for crafting but honestly like i can't not hear that that's literally how anything starts <laughs> from that's, from making like I mean, youtube to podcast no it's true though as what i'm saying is like the, the overlap absolutely there. like it's absolutely and uh god and if i had to say something more specific about leather is just like watch youtube tutorials they're invaluable resources <laughs> yeah and not to diminish yeah. those points because those points all ring very true but I, I just mean like that rings true in in so many forms and in ways in which people like begin or start something when i started youtube yeah. the videos and were on a little camcorder and shit and like didn't know how to edit and years later like you just learn and grow and make mistakes and and collaborate um and if not for the community yeah. like yeah I don't know that I would have still been here without the little bit of help that I got from so many different people. Mm -hmm. And people are absolutely willing to help people. People like you, like people, you have friends that want to help you. 
Well, we uh, I hope uh, I have people that like me, but yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was to get into like a little bit of story of just like what I mean by like starting small and investing, not investing more than you're willing to lose, is that my first hood, uh, no machine sewing, nothing was all hand stitched by like uh, punching in the holes. So you don't need a sewing machine to get started in this craft at all. It just takes longer. <laughs> Uh, but leather itself is an ex expensive material. That's pretty common knowledge. And how I got the material for my first hood is that I went into a fabric store. They have a bin of scraps that's for super cheap. You just find, I found pieces big enough that I was willing to work with and made my first hood. And that's why it's called scrapyard leather because it's literally from a scrap bin. <laughs> Aww. Well, yeah. Kona Scraps, now I understand where your name comes from. <laughs> um, do you guys have any last words for people? Are there any openings happening with commissions? Where can people find you? Like, this is where you plug all the things, pun absolutely intended. Well, I mean, for, uh, uh, as we said, we are Scrapyard Leather. Um, you can find us on many different social media uh, platforms. Uh, if you go to our Twitter, um, it's a scrapyard leather. I'm just going to spell it. Most of our handles are that. So it's like S-C-R-A-P-Y-A-R-D-L-T-H-R. Um, we also use that as our um, hashtag as well. But um, if you go to our Twitter, we do have a link tree um, that uh, connects you to all of them. But you can find us on Facebook, Burfinity, uh, Twitter, Instagram. And we also have our website, which is www.scrapyardleather, spelled the full in full dot com anything to add there scraps are you good uh i also make furry art a lot of furry smut you can find we, that we support that the never wolf on twitter <laughs> nice <laughs> well kona scraps thank you guys again so much for not only what you do for the community the gear you craft my hood that's sitting back there uh but for taking the time today and sitting down mm. and talking with us i wish you all of the best in the future with all your gear and projects and i cannot wait to see you guys in person again soon with that we will say goodbye and thank all of you all for listening this has been what's your safe pod a what's a safe word production and we will see you all next time bye bye have a good time bark, 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 bark. <laughs>